I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. Welcome to Hunting Seasons, a podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm King Flippy Nips. And today we'll be discussing season one of Rick and Morty. King Flippy Nips, how are you today? Look, I'm quite well, my glip glops. How Whoa. are you? <laughs> yeah, good. Haven't quite taken on the vocabulary of Rick and Morty at this stage, but I appreciate the enthusiasm. Of a, of a true it's fan like yourself. It's been a good week good. watching Rick and Morty. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Very nice. I really, really enjoyed it. All right, let's get straight into it. Spoiler warning on this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in the season one of Rick and Morty. Before listening, we recommend watching all of Rick and Morty season one. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead and you have now been warned. Some facts and figures for y'all. Rick and Morty is an Adult Swim original animated sci-fi comedy series created by Justin Roiland and Broad's personal TV idol, Dan Harmon. Mm -hmm. Adapted from Roiland's short R-rated animated Doc and Marty, spelled M-H-A-R-T-I. Look that one up, children. Mm. Um, No, don't, kids. Don't look (laughs) that up. Uh, the short uh, YouTube video that one. The pilot episode first aired of Rick and Morty first aired on December second, two thousand and thirteen, and at the time of recording is nearing the end of its third season. The show stars Royland as both titular heroes, along with Spencer Grammer. Uh, Sarah Chalk and Chris Parnell to round out the Sanchez slash Smith family. Uh, Season one consists of 11 episodes, each coming in at around 23 minutes and took us approximately four hours and 10 minutes in change. Yay! To watch. Not too bad, really. Not too bad at all. Not too shabby. Uh, Damask, do you have a story synopsis for us? Of course I don't. Okay, cool. It's, again, very episodic. (laughs) It's very episodic and it's probably too complicated for me to even articulate. If if you don't know what Rick and Morty is, it's about uh, our Genius scientist grandpa named Rick and his grandson Morty. Who, who travel through different dimensions. And time and basically just adventures, yeah. do a bunch of sci-fi adventure stuff. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. And All then right. hijinks ensue and their family is involved sometimes. <laughs> Grounds the show. Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, why do we decide to do a podcast about Rick and Morty today? One, it's awesome. Sure. Two, a lot of people are talking about it as sure. they should. And three, it's nice and short and we needed a bit of a break. True. So It's also, yeah, as it's coming towards the end of its third season. So we thought we might get on this now. We've Match had some up. time. Yep. Get through season one and two and then we can talk about season three when it's done in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So you can expect a podcast shortly after the season three finale for that one. That's and right. next week, season two. So that's cool. But yeah, I mean, I'm a massive fan of Dan mm-hmm. Harmon. Have been ever since Community. Big, big Community fan. And then I found when Community finished... Uh, I knew he was starting this animated show, 
Justin Roiland, I'd only heard on the Harmontown podcast before. Right. And he, I did not care for him. He was... He worked on Community, didn't he? Uh, not in any capacity that I remember. I mean, he might have. He might have been I a writer or something at times. But yeah. he, I didn't know him specifically right. for I that reason. I think he was reason. in the writer's room. But Quite I think possibly. he's only got two written by credits. Right. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. So you know more about this than I do. That's good. <laughs> Shows what a fan you are, Broad. <laughs> um, and... He, yeah, he'd been on Harmontown and he was all about conspiracy theories and stuff. And I wasn't sure how serious he was being. And he just seemed a little like, I don't know, too eccentric and weird for me. But, but. Actually, no, that's wrong. I was thinking of Ryan Ridley. Oh, okay. There you go. Cool. Um, There you go, Broad. You know what you're talking about. You are a true fan. You're so cool, (laughs) Broad. So when Rick and Morty started, I was excited for that because it was Harmon's thing. I was—I I remember at the time I was a little bit heartbroken because the community had been finished. Mm. And I was sort of like, oh, that sucks. You know, I hope Dan's able to do another thing. And But I was really in love with the community. So I wasn't, as much as I was sort of looking forward to it, I wasn't going out of my way for it necessarily. Mm. I remember because especially Harmon had been talking about like he'd written pilots for like NBC, other uh, CBS or something. Yeah, sitcoms. CBS and one for Fox, I think. I think so. He'd had like pilots made from one of them at least as well. And the animated thing seemed to be like the side project. Mm. It wasn't like the next sitcom I was expecting to get. Um, and so then I think the first time I saw it, um, I was actually traveling through the US and we're staying at my cousin's place in Toronto, and they were away, but they had this so hard drive. That's not the US. Full, oh, sorry. Well, we were the US, and then we moved into Canada. <laughs> Thank you. Canada was a very quick trip into Toronto, and then back down to New York. Um, and we stayed there, and we just had a day. We was like, let's just stay inside. We've been traveling for three or four weeks now. We're wrecked, mm. and watched a bunch of stuff that was on this hard drive. There was last week tonight with John Oliver, which had just started. Watched a bunch of that, and we're like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And Rick and Morty. Uh, I think I had, I may have even had some of it on my uh, iPad to watch while we're away. Yeah, right. And then there was a bunch more on this. I was just like, okay, this show is brilliant. Great. And went through all of that in like a, a day. The first episode I ever watched was Rixty Minutes, which a friend of mine. That was the first one. Yeah, she loved it. That's and a bizarre place to start. Yeah, and she's like, oh, I'll just watch this show. And I did. And it was, but it's kind of like, it was perfect in a way because I didn't need a whole bunch of context. context yeah. It's mostly just those improv commercials and then a bit of like, the degradation of Beth uh, and yeah, Morty's parents. Yeah, uh, marriage. Uh, so it was. I. I mean, I found it funny, but I wasn't like, oh, sick. I've got to go back and watch it. It wasn't until years yeah. later that I actually went back and watched the whole thing. Yeah, gotcha. It's funny that it's started in two thousand or December of two thousand thirteen. It's now two thousand seventeen. And this is the third season, but it feels like I don't feel like it's been going for that long. No, no. There's at been all. these big breaks between seasons, mm. and so it's. I didn't realize it had been so long mm. since season two ended. Everyone kept asking where it was. It's, yeah, there's a lot of yeah. Because I think I just enjoyed it, and then I was like, oh, I'll obviously start watching when it's back on. Yeah, but did not take like notice of how much time had passed. It was one of those things where I. Because it doesn't leave you. I mean, there was there. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Season two does have a bit of a cliffhanger to it, but it wasn't. I wasn't like, oh, I need to know what happens next. Right yeah, away. I wasn't jonesing for it. I either. was just like, I can't wait for it to come back. Yeah, but I'm not like, give it to me now. Yeah, but as soon as now it's back, it's like awesome. Rick and Morty's back. <laughs> yeah. it's awesome. Um, obviously, I'm, we've talked about this before. Big fan of sci-fi as well, mm-hmm. and this has got so many sci-fi elements to it, which are really awesome as well. Um, so that's the main reasons we're talking about it. Yeah, and just because we like to like stuff. And uh, we really like this one, so it'll be fun to talk about. So, Damask, do you have a five-word summation for this season of Rick and Morty? I surely do. What and is it? It is 
Rick is my favourite monster. Nice. Mm, what's nice. yours? My favourite monster is probably Ickus from um, no, I don't Ara Monsters. <laughs> you <laughs> really? Sally. You don't like Crumb? No, Crumb is the best. I yeah. just I just went to the first he one. He juggles his eyes. He smells bad yeah. too. I had a I With had a crumb. Armpits. Yeah, I had a crumb. <laughs> he could pull his eyes and he'd like back to his hands and he'd smell. It was great. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, Mike Wazowski your, also. What's your five words? Uh, Rick and Morty Forever. Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Rick and Morty Forever. I'm trying to count .com as one word. It probably is stretching limitations a little bit. It's written as I'm, .com. I'm disappointed, but okay. I, oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't. I was like, I can't make this fit any other way, but Rick and Morty forever. Rick forever. And Morty forever. forever. Burp. Burp. No. <laughs> that was not bad, actually. Rick and Morty, 100 seasons. 100 years, Rick and Morty, .com. Uh, okay. Let's talk about the show a little bit then. Mm. Is there any place you particularly like to start? I usually start things proceedings off, but do you have anything? Yeah. Oh, where to start? It's di- Rick and Morty. I, I, I've got some. Because we start almost, even the show starts in the middle. Like things are already happening. Things are, It's not like we see Rick moving in and yeah. seeing him disrupt normal life. We know like it's when early we jump, on. Yeah, it's like two months, I think. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, that first scene is poor Morty trying to have to, you know, undo a bomb mm. that Rick's put together. So, thinking of a place to begin, uh, it's a little overwhelming for Rick and Morty, I think. Okay. What, well, about, what about you? What I, you I, I just want to talk about the general premise, the basic foundations of the show and just sort of an interesting mm. pr- place it is to just sort of build stories off of. So, one of the ways I try to describe what Rick and Morty is, if to try and break it down, and it's mm. oversimplified to do this. But it's a mix of Back to the Future meets Doctor Who meets Futurama meets South Park. Mm. And an excellent, excellent use of animation as a medium, I think. So, why the, the thing about Rick and Morty, more than anything that I love about it, is that it's just balls to the wall insane in so many ways. Mm. And that because of its animation style and because of the... The ability for it to do anything, much like Doctor Who. Doctor Who's I've always loved Doctor Who personally, because any episode can be any episode can be anything. That show's been going for fifty years. Yeah. Like twenty plus seasons. And one of the magical things about it is that it, any type of story could be the next story. It could be a drama, it could be a horror, it mm. could be sci-fi well, I mean, adventure, it could be you're, anything. You're a person that loves bottle episodes. Oh, I do. So to have a format that while there is usually a thread running through each season, a lot of them can feel a lot just like a bottle episode because we have characters that we don't necessarily meet again. Yeah. Um, they just exist for that one story within the episode, which is cool and super fun and it keeps it fresh and energised. The term I would use is high concept episode. So every episode has a... Has its own concept. Has a, yeah, yeah. It's like it's concept TV. So it's yeah. it's not like a situation like what happens if such and such doesn't ask someone to the dance. You know, <laughs> it's like. So we kind of right, have that do, with um. Let's do Jurassic Rick Park potion number nine, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what uh, what happens if uh, if you put Jurassic Park and Honey I Shrunk the Kids together, mm-hmm. or what happens if you play on the tropes of like cursed objects, or mm. there there's just it's just like these crazy ideas, just like this would be fun to explore and make fun of, and there's a lot of that, a lot of like poking fun at mm-hmm. genre conventions and so forth, but then telling a story on that. And that's yes. something I wanted to get to as well. Just to say the premise is mm. Back to the Future is to say that you've got the yeah. Doc and Marty well, sort of relationship. Well, I love that they use the story to poke fun at the conventions because they they follow through every concept 
to the nth degree. And through their story, through their nihilism, through Rick's um, degradation of his of his family, his mm. family life, um, of his own well being, is what causes him to see through what a normal character in a sci-fi show wouldn't see through. So they're using character and story to actually like poke holes through that. Yeah, and there's a real consistency to that. Mm. And that was so just to just to finish this original thought about like the premise. So I just mm. want to explain my sort of thinking there. So you had the back to the future relationship between Rick and Morty as mm-hmm. like Doc and Marty. You've got Doctor Who in sense that it can anything can happen. The similarly Futurama could have a lot of really high concept episodes. And in fact there's a couple of really great beats on this season that I think you could Look at Futurama did it first in mm-hmm. a way. There's a few the Amazon one. Well, whether it's the Amazon one or whether it's the bit where they have to like replace a murdered version of them or dead versions of themselves. That's something right. from Futurama. I haven't watched as well. a, lot of, a lot of Futurama. Right, right, yeah. and it's my, I've watched a lot, not all <laughs> of the the right. later couple of seasons. I don't, I don't think I've seen everything from. I sort of started to. It wasn't didn't quite have the magic anymore. Right. It wasn't the same. It's like Simpsons. It's, yeah. I'm glad, it, I'm glad it got a uh, revival, but it, it's never as good as the first five, four or five seasons were. Mm. Um, but actually, that concept was one from the later ones. Mm. Um, and there is a bit where Bender and Fry and Professor Farnsworth have to bury themselves under a bridge in Central Park and replace themselves in that timeline. Oh, right. Which is very similar to something that happens in Rick and Morty. And mm. there was another concept like that. There's, there's something else I can't remember off the top of my head. but that's- Is it the one where they go into a body? Or something? Um, I think I remember reading it. It's something, a similar thing where they... Is that right? I can't remember. Possibly. But there's a, there's a few things that like, they, they play with sci-fi conventions in yeah. a similar way. Or, or do things that are pretty, like, very clever is, an, is a, a, a way to put it. But yeah, go take sci-fi concepts, concepts to the nth degree, almost to the point of ridiculousness or maybe genius. I'm not really mm. sure. And make you go, that's fucking amazing. How did someone think of that? Isn't that a really interesting idea? It fits within the rules you've created, but is also like you would never see this on another show. Mm-hmm. Futurama did a few of those things first. Rick and Morty does... Well, I don't take anything away from it for doing similar things, mm. but I just wanted to reference those similarities. Mm-hmm. And it's also animated, of course, which allowed them to... Is it? Fuck. <laughs> Which allowed them to really just go off the wall and not have any limitations to their storytelling. And then South Park, because what Futurama doesn't have, it has some crudeness to it, but nothing like Rick and Morty in mm. terms of like gross out, you know. in you know, Sexual assault se- from jelly beans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the sort of thing you might see on South Park. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the storytelling and the, the, co- the premise they've got, I like to say it's insanity with structure but subverted. Mm-hmm. So there's the bat, sit in, bat shit insanity that builds steadily as the season progresses. Um, I, th- I feel like that's something the show does quite well as well. As the first, well, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in episode one, two, and three. I think it really builds and builds and builds mm. and builds. It it goes to some pretty wacky places and only gets more and more out there. Well, and we see the consequences along. kind of way down. Oh, that's our characters, but really, it's it's Morty that has has that on his shoulders. But yeah. we see the consequences through the character of Morty, yeah, and even a little bit um, Jerry and Beth's relationship. We we do see these, yeah, these consequences. So there is a sense of not growth is definitely not the right arc. word, but there's a, but there's an arc for the season. Yeah, yeah, it's not purely episodic. Yeah, yeah. But even just in terms of like how off the wall the adventures can be. You've got in the first episode you introduced the idea of interdimensional travel mm. 
and then that you're going to meet aliens and other life forms. And that's fairly simple concept in terms of it's just Rick needs the uh, mega, or, seeds, mega or seeds and Morty's helping him get them back mm-hmm. to the house, basically. That's the main stuff there. Then you've got episode two is one of the dogs. Lawnmower the, dog. Lawnmower yep. dog. And then you've got the one is uh, the Anatomy Park one. Mm. And it's like they're, they're crazy concepts, but I wouldn't say that they're completely off the wall, batshit. I think it gets crazy when you've got like the... Mm. I, I, I like to me. I mean, I feel like lawnmower it dog is pretty amazing. Lawnmower dog is. Oh, I'm not saying it's not a mate. It's not great. It's more that the idea of dogs gaining intelligence. What would happen? And then using an in- inception isn't as insane as like oh the inse- and the inception thing is. But that's also like playing on a very well known pop culture thing at this point. Mm. The idea of incepting or like yeah those. Very much in the pop culture mind. Then you get to for me the one it gets really insane is when you get to. Ricksty Minutes, which is like the intergalactic, um, oh, sorry, uh, interdimensional cable TV, mm-hmm. which is full of utterly insane things, <laughs> but really plays on the idea that if infinite dimensions, anything is possible. So all of these things are theoretically possible to, mm. to occur in the natural world. Also, the stuff with Beth and Jerry, when they're like seeing into each other's other lives and yeah. what would happen, like being able to like, peer into an alternate version of your life and how that affects how you perceive your own, like on an on a very personal mm. deep level, I think is really mind bending sort of stuff to I'm, consider. I mean very I, philosophical. I like, I like that story, but I don't know if that's off the walls kind of crazy. I've never seen this before storytelling. I, I, I can't I, just, I don't know. It bends my mind to think of not just like how funny is this, which mm. I think is what like Anatomy Park and the dog and uh, Lomo dog. dog is to me. Mm. It's more like philosophically, what would this mean to a person if they could do it? Which is what starts to happen in those later Yeah, episodes. no, I, I, I think they, yeah, they use that high concept stuff really well to explore character, which and, is what makes it interesting. But then you've also got, and then the next one, the Closing Clowns of the Rick Kind, mm-hmm. when all of a sudden we're also introduced to Close the- Close Rick Counters. Close Rick Counters. <laughs> All the other Rick and Morty's. Ricks and, yep. and it's like, I guess, yes. Of course that would make sense. And the, just like trying to build like, how does that work? What does that system look like? That Why would Rick's mm. other than our Rick want to be a part of this? Why doesn't well, our Rick I mean, want to be part com- of it? Yeah, I think that comes back <sighs> to how much they really do go to the nth degree with things. That's it, yeah. Because, of course, Rick, as a character who travels through dimensions, would then connect with other Ricks and yeah. then obviously would have a huge amount of enemies. So what does that mean? Of course, then one of them or a few of them would have the idea to, like, you know, many Ricks are better than one. So you would. So they just keep going. It's like, yeah. and, what, and, and what's the next logical conclusion? What's the next logical yeah. conclusion? Until we get to these crazy stories that are incredibly interesting and feel like, Legitimate, you're like okay, yes. you know that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, and that's I think, and it and it, there's a real sense of law that comes into it then mm, as well. Yes, because all of a sudden this again it continues to it bear f- back onto our characters, which is I mm. guess what maybe that's a better way of explaining it. The first ones are like here's a crazy concept. They don't go to that like nth degree absurdity, or never goes to a place where it's really affecting our characters directly. It's like here's an episode about Jurassic mm. Park inside a human body. Yeah, that's a great concept, but you come at way at the end of that, and no one's really. I don't know mm. more about the people at the end of yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I think they go to the nth degree with lawnmower dog for the mm-hmm. story, but you're right about the character, how it affects character. Yeah. Because that, that 
uh, episode does not really affect anyone. No. It's about Morty getting a better grade. Yeah. And, yeah, it's about I know, Jerry learning, I guess, not to pull that thread, which he never really does because yeah. he's Jerry and what's he going to learn? Yeah. yeah, and that's fine because the yeah, start that's of your fine. series it's fun. It's great. is establishing yeah. who these characters are. What are their mm-hmm. weaknesses? What that's are their the thing. We have to know who they are before you start changing them. And that's the thing. I and I don't use it as a criticism. I think it's really smart how it does it to just like, here's a bunch of Zany mm-hmm. Adventures, get an idea for the rhythm of the you show. You feel comfortable? You feel this is it? Oh, wait! Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I love that pace that they mm. build. And it, it could feel so random. Mm-hmm. But it feels so genius because it's obviously deliberate. Yeah. If, well, that's the thing. It feels like if Rick Sanchez made a TV show and you're like, I feel really comfortable and safe, but you know there's some mad genius behind it who's probably just like fucking with your mind. And and usually by the end of a story, I'm like, yeah, that fucked with my mind. Well done, Dan Harmon and friends. Well, this is the bit for me. I think this is what's fascinating about this team up. And this, I'm, I'm putting a lot of expectations. I think I've heard this before, but mm. the way I understand, and if you look at the original Doc and Marty short that Justin Roiland did, and you listen to him talk, mm. he's pretty nuts out there, <laughs> right? He's got a lot of gr- funny ideas, mm. certainly, but I don't know how good his structured storytelling character work is. Yeah, right. Which is where Dan Harmon comes into the equation. So you have Dan Harmon to put a little bit of a leash on Justin Roiland, let him go nuts with the concepts and the humour and let him be these characters because he does these voices so well. But then Dan makes sure, because if anyone in the world knows how story works, it's Dan Harmon. He has that fucking shit locked down. <laughs> he, he can write his own stories. He can take your story and flip it and make it better. Like he can oh, yeah, he can do magical things. And he and I think that's what's happening here. Is mm. this a magical team up of insanity and and Dan Harmon as a person has got plenty of his own <laughs> hang ups yes. and stuff. Mm. But in terms of telling a complete structured uh satisfying story and getting mm. you to a point where you go that was more than just a bunch of insanity that meant something. Mm. Fuck, it works so well on this show. It is so impressive. So just to like divert a little bit, I recently watched the Harmontown documentary Mm -hmm. and I was watching, I was like, oh yeah, this is a watered down version of Rick. Yes. (laughs) It's actually like, oh, okay, there it is. Yeah. That's where that comes from. And you can feel him. I mean, if you, and you listen to Harmontown a lot, it's the same stuff he's going through all the time. Mm. He's, it's the, the mad genius Slat in in a sense, obviously he's not like Rick, like scientific genius, hmm. but there's that, and there's so, a certain amount of ego there, and there's a certain amount of vulnerability there. Well, it's that also of, plays him trying to be good. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like community, which and you know Rick and Morty's like it's, it's uh, they're about it's about the asshole that makes everyone else's life a little bit worse, mm-hmm. and like exploring that and what it is to be that person, um, and trying to like yeah deal with your own demons. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm. And yeah, I don't know. I just I love that Dan Harmon can can do things wrong. He can rub people the wrong way sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like how open and honest he is, and you can feel that honesty on the page in an episode of Rick and Morty mm. or Community. Or yeah, fuck yeah, vulnerability so is vulnerability a big part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've already talked about, I've sort of done this going through my notes here. Insanity builds steadily as the season progresses, but never forgets to t- tell a complete story. That's Dan Harmon influence. Excuse me. And the Rise have such, are such experts with story and structure, they are able to subvert and consistently and successfully subvert expectations. So mm. subverting being, for example, uh, the cursed object trope where they like set up an idea like the devil's store with mm. cursed objects and then they 
completely continuously undermine and subvert that idea mm-hmm. to just pull that apart. Yeah. Which I love. And then I also love the idea like of just Summer in that episode who's like, what evil corp- what who hires teenagers who isn't already an evil corporation, but you were nice to me. Yeah. Even though you are the devil, you respected me and yeah. that meant something to me. Mm. And I like, it's like, oh yeah, I guess you kind yeah. of got, you're hitting on some truth mm. there. But even like in a, in a broader sense. So we've got Doctor Who, who takes his companions and mm-hmm. travels through space and time. Mm. And in doing that, that makes them value life more. Make, see their own role as being important and that they are important, that they mean something. Whereas this show takes that, like, with infinite dimensions, with infinite use. Yeah. With, you know, you can be replaced in a second by another Morty. You can have, here's a ticket. Next <laughs> time you lose your Morty, here's a free replacement. You go. To realise that there are infinite versions of yourself and that it actually renders your existence meaningless. Yeah. And dealing with, like, that's flipping that trope or that genre, I guess, of, like, instead of going out into the universe to discover just how important you are or humanity is, instead you go out into the universe and realise that the universe doesn't care about us. No mm-hmm. one cares about you and you don't matter. That's a big fucking thing for a 14-year-old kid to deal with. Sure. And I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's... I'm just thinking on the Doctor Who thing as well because I always I've I do appreciate that they there is this constant question of should the Doctor be interfering in people's lives the mm, way he does? These yeah. he's essentially immortal, and these people that he sort of picks up and takes on his travels, their lives are changed forever and often for the worse at the end Donna, of it. Donna, 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 Donna. And whether or not that's a good, he's our hero, mm. but is he kind of a villain at the same time of the way he does it? Mm. Rick and Morty takes that. Well, yeah, it explores the selfishness level. of that. Like, yeah. well, let's take something that can be perceived as selfish and just really show it in its raw form mm-hmm. of selfishness. Yeah. Mm. Um, another example of the subverting the genres is the well, the thing we talked about again, or subverting expectations is mm. again. We were talking about the thing that Futurama did, but it's done differently here in terms of like they. I love the episode where they have to skip to another dimension where they're, they are dead and they replace themselves. They Cronenberg the world, yeah. They Cronenberg the world and they just the expectation is that eventually they will come to a solvable solution to this problem <laughs> and in this episode they just go, actually we can't. We can't. Yeah. We are going to abandon the versions of <laughs> Beth and Jerry and Summer that we have known for the per- first however many episodes. Yeah. Leave them in that world mm. and go and spend time, go and restart our two lead characters in a different universe with obviously the, they're the same people inverted commas but they are a different dimension reality mm-hmm. version of them yeah we are leaving those other ones behind just like fuck them they're done like, they gotta live there now and this is like yeah that's devastating it's crazy it's my so question is though good. how many times has rick done that well oh okay you haven't seen the latest episode yet but no i haven't there but uh, i have a theory i wonder if it mm-hmm. there's that there, there, he no spoilers. I don't want to do any spoilers. But yeah. there is a slight... It's touched on. Because right. he says in that episode, in the epi- this episode in this one, the... Um, can't remember what it's called. Love Potion number nine or whatever it is. Mm. Um, We've only got four or five more times of this or whatever. Yeah, he's only got four or five times yeah. of these max. As soon as he said that, I was like, that, did you have 12 like a few years ago? Like, who the fuck knows? The, and he's so cool about it. Uh, once we finish this podcast, we're going to watch this episode. Okay, right. Because it, there is... It's a big episode with a lot of big ideas, but it mm. does touch on this specific element of the show mm. for a moment. And it's great that we can just like, this thing we've left behind 
two seasons ago <laughs> can just be picked up for a second and go, but don't forget this. Yeah. Like this did happen and it has, con- it, it's a consequence, an important one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's a good question. How many times has he done it? How many times has he done it? And then, because it's terrifying because obviously Morty is really affected by that and we see that in that last little montage. Yeah. And Rick seems fine. In fact, as soon as they walk through and he sees their dead bodies, he's like, all right, just don't think about it too much. Uh, if it doesn't infect you immediately, they bury the bodies. He's just going off living his, oh, his, his best self. I um, can't wait for you to watch this episode. <laughs> yeah. But then I don't know if I should bring this up now. Is this from a later season? Oh, you can do it. That's right. No, no, it's not from a later season. It's from yeah. this season. But as I was, because I have watched the later season. Anyway, um, so as I was watching that, I was like, well, if he abandoned Summer, Beth and Jerry so easily, then it, I, I, I think it's easy to justify and reason that he certainly would have been able to leave Morty back like in previous dimensions or versions of himself um and then it made me wonder I'm like is this Rick's original Morty totally like yeah and then later on when we meet evil Morty yeah and there is a mystery behind that yeah because I actually watched that episode twice because I had an idea I was like wait and then I rewatched it to see if it kind of held up and I I think it does in which we see, we don't really understand why Evil Morty is we, we doing. We don't have any idea at this stage why Evil Morty is doing why it. Why he's I, doing what he's doing. And I was watching it, and then we have this moment where Morty feels a bit special. Mm-hmm. And Rick's like, oh, don't get too cocky. Like a cocky Morty is not good for anybody. Yeah. And then um, Morty's like, oh, well, what do you mean by that? And Rick's like, I'll tell you when you're older. And then we cut to oh. e- – that's when they discover that um, the evil Rick was actually just a cyborg controlled by, which made me go, what? Like, is that somehow that, a reference? The evil Morty possibly the original Morty. Is the Morty, original like Morty to the Rick we know. The whole I'll tell you when you're older bit seems like a very deliberate – I mean, the show already breaks the fourth wall – Big anyway. Game of Thronesy. I'll tell you who your mother is later. But not just that. It's almost a deliberate. Well, yeah, but it's an knowing how happily Harmon and Royland are to break the fourth wall. It's mm. almost them saying to the audience, "We'll tell you when it's. In, we'll tell you yeah. later. It's not when. It's not when Morty's older. It's when you, the audience, yeah. are older. Later down the track, <laughs> when it's this, time. When it's time, you yeah. will know. Yeah. Um. I had not had that thought. So I've that's always, just a little theory. Of- I love that theory. I'd yeah. not thought about that. It's mm. certainly a possibility. I'd never. Uh. Yeah. That makes total sense. It could easily be the case. I've always wondered about Evil Morty. I'm. I'm. I'm ever since that episode, I've wanted more yeah. about him. Yeah. And spoilers a little bit. We do get some more Evil Morty in season <laughs> three, which is great. Mm. Um. You've watched that episode, yeah. <laughs> Yes, I have. Oh, good. Loved Just it. Loved it. Yeah, we'll get to that one when we get to season three. Mm. And so that was really special for me to finally get there. Mm. Um, but still, that that answers that mystery is not answered at this point. No, no, no. Uh, it's just a little thought I had. It's a good thought. And usually, when I have thoughts like thought. that, they're very easily debunked because I'm bad at thinking things through. Sure. I just get an idea. I'm like, oh, that's a cool idea. And it's like, no, that doesn't make any sense. But then I rewatched it. I was like, I actually think that might kind of work. Oh, I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very easily. Oh, that's very cool. Mm. Very nice. Um,. Is there anything else about the storytelling specifically you want to get to? The like the way in which they tell the story. Yeah. Um because yeah. I got a couple of things I really want to talk about here. One is just how on top of all of this, how funny the show is. 
just it is so entertaining, so funny, so funny. <laughs> on a writing level, mm. on a performance level, mm. from all our voice actors, on an animation level, design level, yeah, design so level. Like, it's mm. so interesting to watch and full of great ideas again. But visual gags mm. that are in there as well, just. So this is actually one of the few shows because obviously you and I watch a lot of TV. This year particularly, I've watched so much television. <laughs> it's a bit absurd. But this is one of the few shows that I, because I've obviously re- like watched it before, I was very happy to re-watch it. And mm-hmm. I actually want to re-watch it again just so I can like look at each one of those things and really dissect it and look at how amazing it is. The writing yep. one. And I really want to look at that and like analyze that and just I just want to think on that because I think it's incredible. The performances, just the design, just the structure of the episodes. I find it all fascinating and it's so cohesive and it works so well. Have you listened to any of the commentaries or anything like that? Or no, I've just watched it on Netflix. Because I haven't done, I haven't listened. I've got actually got the Blu-rays of season one and two, and I haven't listened to the commentaries myself yet. But I have listened to a lot of the commentaries on Community and stuff like that. And it's always fascinating to listen to the process of the writing room, mm. the writing room, and how that works in terms of pitching ideas, and then someone goes and writes it, and then the the way it's punched up and stuff, and it's. There is a real system and a process to it and an art form to it. Mm. Um, this latest episode, which you haven't watched yet, they there's a bunch of stuff on Twitter about that episode specifically and how there's cool. there's a lot of ideas that mm. need to be... So they only... They had a lot of stuff they had to do. I and think- it's all this pitching and pitching and pitching and pitching and building and building and building and building. Mm. And the way they can take an idea and run with it and find something really funny and interesting. Well, I think... I mean- Dan Harmon has said before when speaking about this season that like it like Rick and Morty just takes longer and longer to write mm-hmm. because things like that keep happening in which like pitch an idea, pitch an idea, pitch, pitch an idea, like people just kind of like pitching all these ideas and adding to them and they just keep doing that and doing that and doing that until they get the idea, the richest idea, the yeah. funniest idea. And so that process takes a really long time. We've got a room full of writers who all think they're really funny and they all probably are really funny. Yeah. Getting to that stage where you think you've reached the epitome of not only humour but story, yeah. that's got to take a lot of time and work. And then, But then on top of that, in terms of t- how long it takes, the animation side animation, of things, even yeah. though it's only 10 episode season, they're only 22 minutes each, animation mm. is hard, really hard. And when you're trying well, this to- This season's got more episodes, doesn't it? No, it's still 10 episodes oh, this okay. season. But the, so it's 11 first season and 10 and 10 have been the other two seasons. Right. The, I assume it was just pilot and then it was they were budgeted for mm, a full run yep. after that, 10 episode run. Um, the- the other, but as much as animation allows you to do whatever you want, you still need to animate all of that stuff. And the more yep. complex your ideas get, <laughs> the you longer have people going, "What the fuck does that look like?" Yeah, in the script, you've yeah. got to you've got to mm. visualize all of that. You've then got to actually get that done. Mm. And the more complex your idea is, the less time you spend, say, inside the the Smith house. The more work has to be done. Mm. Every character oh, that's on screen another world. has right. to exactly mm. whole new worlds, whole new whole settings, new world. whole the whole new uh, characters, whole new concepts. Like visually learning how to to present an idea, a complex science fiction idea, and give it a visual language mm. takes a fuck ton of work. It takes a lot of talent. To do that. A lot of talent and a lot, a lot of hard of work. work. Yep. And I I will as long as this show keeps 
making stuff to the to the uh, degree when I say making stuff, making such a quality stuff. Mm. It can take as fucking long as it wants, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I will enjoy it when it comes and be thankful that it is here at all. Because mm. this is easily a show that could have not found an audience. Yeah. It's, it, if it wasn't as funny as it was, like outrageously funny in its moments. I probably wouldn't be particularly interested if it wasn't as funny as it was. Right. And I also think that the other thing this show does, underneath all its cynicism and all its, like, exploring Rick and, like, morality and how you mean nothing to the universe, there is that tiny dash of heart. That Mm. tiny dash. Yeah. And I think the first season it's harder to talk about because I don't think it's as obviously prevalent as it comes into late season. And we'll talk about that as we get there. But there's just enough Mm -hmm. that I care about Rick to some degree, Mm -hmm. mainly as a tragic figure. Yeah. I care about Morty. I care about Summer, I care about Beth, and I care about Jerry. Mm-hmm. That is so important mm. that I give a damn. Yeah. I mean, I th- I think it's great to have a character like Morty because I think we, we've all, well, majority of us have been in a place or been in a relationship or experienced a type of relationship or friendship in which you just want just a, a speck of what you give back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and re- hitting that wall of someone who's like, nothing matters, whatever, it's all good, we're having fun. I'm being like, no, just like some sort of emotional connection would be great. And still like, it's. I mean, it's really just about familial dysfunction, yeah. that relationship. Um, but I think it could be interpreted to any relationship. And that brings a huge amount of heart to it, is mm-hmm. exploring... Th- unhealthy relationships Absolutely. in a sci-fi world because fuck we've all been there you know yeah and mm. and that's uh, amongst all the insanity there is something that I can connect to on a human level yes it's not just what if you can do this crazy sci-fi mm-hmm. thing what would that mean consequence wise they have to have that human thread mm. and again that's where I think Dan Harmon is a genius is that he can have a room full of assholes but still make me care enough to think that that was important. Mm. The, what amazes me is that he, he can have a room full of characters that are bigger than life. Yeah. That you would think would be one note, but he makes you care about them. Yeah. Like they're not cartoons. Absolutely. And, like, and, I, and I'm referring to community when I say that Definitely. as well. Definitely. Absolutely. It's like, oh, how did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> how, like when when did I turn into being like, oh, my God, I want you to be happy. And I see you as a real person, even though, like, intellectually, I know that those traits don't really exist in one person because it would be absurd. I have this... We'll talk about community one day. One day. One day. But I have this very specific memory of, like, the feeling of falling in love with that show. Mm. Of when I was working, I was in my fifth year of uni... And I was working at Costco and it was a shitty job, right? Mm-hmm. But like this weird joy and like enthusiasm that was inside me at the time because I couldn't get over how much I, this show was, how much I enjoyed this show, how much it was affecting me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just recognized how good it was. Yeah. And it was really, really uplifting and joyous for me. Yeah. And I just found that I, I did it like, Genius is a word that gets thrown around too often. I really do believe that Dan Harmon is a genius of st- as a storyteller, um, and it is a f- it can be affecting. And mm. I, ugh, yeah, amazing. I mean, I agree. Genius is thrown 
around way too much. But I, I do think it is accurate of what he's doing. Because like I said, we watch a lot of TV. Mm. But when I watch something that How Dan Harmon is behind and the team that he puts together, yeah. I'm like, I like... Well, I feel like I haven't seen this specific thing before. Yeah. And I also have to really work hard to figure out how, how you managed this beautiful like amalgamation of all these different things that I think if in any other hands would be a disaster, somehow put it together to create a show that is Hilarious, like so, so witty, funny. so sharp. Which is a, which is an achievement of its own. Yeah, like that, that is a whole other thing, but it's yeah, so yeah. funny. Also, making me care about absurd characters and situations that is really hard to pull off, and they do it. I think it's funny. I think he's all, that's the that's the genius though. Is he recognizes how important that is, and he refers back to it. Like he often talks about, like he talks about community being trying to recreate what Cheers was doing. Like he recognizes that mm. it's, it's this is a this is not an old this is not a new formula he's not cracked the code he just recognizes the magic that's there when there is magic yeah and that's that he recognizes the magic but he also has the ability to see the make tricks and apply it to his own yeah, writing absolutely yeah. and so he can look at which he, is the one of the hardest things to do definitely definitely but he's got that formula figured out he knows it understands how to just tell a story and make mm-hmm. sure it's satisfying and make sure there's that human element to it but but like for him he just will always reference back to like this is we've been doing this forever Sitcoms have been doing this since the 80s and the 90s or even earlier. It's all there. It's just an understanding, not not uh, confusing the laugh track for the reason that people are in, engaged. Mm-hmm. It's not about, it's not the Big Bang Theory where it's a bunch of jokes coming at you at a certain pace, though that's important too. Mm-hmm. He recognizes there needs to be this many jokes per page in yeah. his sitcoms. Right, but he also knows that that's not the reason that people love Cheers. Mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't it. Yeah, and when people talk about well, Cheers, they yeah. talk about the characters. Yes. Well, well, one of his uh, tricks, I guess, for lack of a better word, is that, and he tells his writers to do this: is all right, you're having a bit of a problem. No worries. Just write out the script with just like. Um, dialogue that just kind of serviceable stuff. Serviceable stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll add the jokes later. Yeah, absolutely. And that way you figure out is the problem story. Yeah. And if you can write the script with just whatever dialogue, kind of subpar dialogue in it, then it's not the story's problem. It's just the jokes, and that's fine. We can work on that later. Yeah. And I was like, and I, I read that when I was doing research. I was like, fuck, that's that's of course. Yeah. Of course, that's what I need to be doing. Yeah, yeah. It's. Oh, I mean, if you because like it, story always comes first. And by uh, story, I mean character. You know what I mean? Like story, like character-driven story. Yeah, you need you so need. Good. He he has this thing. Everyone's probably heard of like the hero's tale, like the his little the wheel. idea of an arc. Well, his thing is like he has sort of condensed that down to a really particular formula. It's an eight-part sort of story circle. He yeah. calls it. Go to Channel One Hundred One. Look up Channel One Hundred One. Dan Harmon. Look up Story is Circle. Is that still up? Oh yeah, that's yeah, not. Right. It's not. That won't go anywhere. I don't think. Okay. Uh, well, if if it's not there, you'll find it Who's somewhere. Who's still else. paying for that domain? I'm, I'm sure he is. He's <laughs> yeah. plenty wealthy. Don't worry about yeah. that. Yeah, um, no, I wasn't worried about his finances. No, he's I was fine. thinking more of his attention span. But yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, some. He's got lawyers looking yeah. after that domain. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. But that's still there, as far as I, I know. You'll definitely be able to find it online if it's not. And just look through that stuff. Like that. It's it's there. It's that's a. It's the perfect place to start. And just. Mm. I've had a show I've been working on for ages that it's been stuck in the editing process for a while for a number of different reasons. But in terms of the story, I'm 
reasonably proud of what I've got. Mm. I, it maybe it won't be the best thing ever. It's not going to compete with Rick and Morty. It's not going to compete with Community. <laughs> it's not going to set the world on fire. But I do think that there are character-driven stories there, and those episodes each have a complete story. And honestly, it all comes down to seeing in front of a whiteboard with my brother, who is my Liam, who's been on the show as a co-creator, and making sure every story, every episode fitted to this story circle, mm. and like. Breaking into, and like that was it. You get to a point and go, how do I get from here to here? And mm. finding that when you find that piece, and like that makes sense. Yeah. And making it work and going, okay, and now we can build off this. Mm. And just like, oh, it, and it feels like so many people. That's the thing. Is the other reason you you love Rick and Morty and what these guys are doing is because I've seen too much TV where they don't get this basics right. Get this stuff right, and the rest. Is gravy. Yeah, baby. Yes, good. Good little rant. Dan cool. Harmon rant. Do we want uh, on there? I could go on forever. <laughs> but it is laugh out is laugh out loud funny, and that's really important too. Mm. Um so it like, all, yeah, just how on often that. doesn't it work? That's my question. How often do jokes really fall flat? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, I think the first time I watched um, Lawn Mower Dog sure. and the legally safe Freddy Krueger yep. when he kept saying bitch. Yeah. And I was yep. like, that work doesn't particularly, it's not, doesn't feel sharp to yep. me. Uh, but the more I watch it, the more I kind of find it funny. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and I think there's, I think yeah. there's to argue that like the first episode is in some ways the weakest when it comes to the comedy. I don't, especially reflecting back, mm. I don't love the opening scene with Rick and Morty where Rick's really drunk and stuff like that. Mm. It feels a. It also doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you think about who Morty is. Right, mm. and so the sh- the pilot is a pilot. Often shows have to rejigger their things yeah. a little bit. And so some moments don't work there, including some of the humor. There's also some really hilariously funny bits in the first episode. Like what? Like the bit with the blob thing that like has a whole lifespan in the side of 10 seconds. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Or don't worry about it, Morty. They're just robots. And then he shoots them. He's like, ah, they're not robots. Tell little Jimmy, I love him. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like I'm, it's a, it's a, it's a figure of speech. They're, uh, yeah, they're part of a system. I don't see them as human. Yeah, that's so funny. And that yeah. sort of stuff. <laughs> the is, horror on Morty's face. Yeah, yeah. Those things yeah. are still very, very, very funny. Mm. But it's also growing and figuring itself mm. out. I'd say the vast majority of the jokes work. 
Yes, agreed. Vast majority. I mean, I'm constantly laughing throughout constantly the episodes. Laughing every three seconds, another laugh. Um, the dash of heart we've talked about. One thing I want to touch on that I think will become more important when we start talking about season two and maybe even season three, and something that started to be talked about a little bit on the internet recently, is this idea that Rick Sanchez is another one of these asshole protagonists that, while entertaining, while interesting, are maybe not people we should be rooting for, but some people seem to think should be held on a pedestal as being our modern day heroes. I'm talking about a Walter White scenario, mm. a Don Draper scenario, a Dexter Morgan scenario. Particularly Walter White, though. We've talked about this in the past. Yeah, because I, the- I, I have issues with Walter White yep. um, and the way that that is portrayed. Because yep. I think with the way that show ends, it is murky. That last bit as, in particular. As bit- to whether or not he is meant to be praised. Well, um, we, we recognise that more. We, like, we don't think he is meant to be praised. Yes. But, but we... Th- Recognize that maybe it's a bit too murky for the other people The show, watching. I feel, made it murky, which sure. I don't like. Whereas this show, while, I mean, it's a comedy, so Rick is funny. Mm-hmm. He's the kind of dude who like, does whatever he wants and is hilarious while doing it. But also, the show clearly shows how damaging it is to the people around him. And damaging he is to himself. And, and he's deeply unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. And he is unable to deal with that. Yes. Um, so it, I, I see those things as very different. Whereas I think, yeah, Rick is the exploration of what it means to be a damaged person. Whereas sometimes Breaking Bad feels like the celebration of being a, an egocentric damaged person. So if, if people are looking at Rick Sanchez, and I think there are elements of Rick that are kind of admirable in a sense. But like overall as a character, he is deeply troubled, mm. right? And obviously not someone we should be trying to emulate. Well, anyway, see, like right? no like, like characters who... are good when they're not completely black and white. Exactly right. Yeah. Like he's not the devil, even though the devil calls him the devil. <laughs> um yeah, you know, you he's he's not. Says, like he seems to recognize that he has treated Beth terribly in the past mm-hmm. and he's very warm to her mm-hmm. and he treats her really well, and sure, that might be manipulation, so he has somewhere to stay. But why would he ever need to stay in that house? Or, yeah, no, he, he obviously cares about yeah. Beth. That's pretty obvious. And he obviously, in that sense, is so protective of her that he doesn't like Jerry and is trying to push him <laughs> out of her life, which, yeah. you know, is the the bad side of that consequence. His mm-hmm. caring for Beth has a negative impact on other people, mm-hmm. including Beth, theoretically. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, definitely Beth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but do... Do we think the show is at any fault if someone looks at Rick and goes, "He's my hero, and I want to be just like him"? I don't. I don't think the, the show is. Fault. Fault. I think it clearly shows uh, the negative consequences. Even in of this that life. first season, do you think there's enough there? I mean, by the last episode, we've got Bird Person talking about wobble wobble dub dub and what that really means, and mm. like you do get a good sense of what Rick Rick's troubled internal life is like. Yeah. So, we just watched the first episode of season two, So I'm, and I've recently just been watching all three seasons a lot recently. So, I'm just trying to remember. Oh, I would say, I would say it's still. I think it's more of a joke this season. Yeah, it hasn't actually got to the point. Then it is of, an exploration. It's only started to touch on it. We're yeah. only heading up that arc yes. at this stage. Yes, We're yes, not yes. all the way there yet. I think, say this show only got one season, it, it deliberately ends at a point that you could suggest that Rick was starting to 
fine, like come full circle a little bit. He was starting to maybe value his family a little bit more. He's, value he seemed Rick, to be developing, re- developing connections a little bit, and that more. would have been a arc. It wouldn't have been a fully satisfying arc, no. but you could say similar to like how we sort of we're happy enough with the Freaks and Geeks finale, mm. where it's like they haven't fully arced, but you can see that them turning. It, it has, even though it's a short journey and not quite satisfying, there is a journey throughout the yeah. season somewhat. Yeah, yeah, and it, it certainly suggests where the rest of that goes. And this season would be doing the same. Luckily for us, the show has at least two more seasons to delve into. Yes. I can't imagine it having less unless they decide they only want three i was looking at the ratings recently and that show is only getting more and more popular yeah. so it's not going to end anytime soon I mean, you would think i was just when i was doing research the amount of um podcasts that have just popped up just for season three oh really and the amount of, of like youtube videos and stuff popped up just for like because it's kind of we've had two seasons of kind of like the nerd and building up and everyone's yeah. talking about it. and then finally season three is released and everyone just wants to celebrate it and wants to talk about yep. it so i can like like breaking bad it just got more and more popular yeah. i think it's probably going to be like that definitely mm. definitely that's kind of all I've got to talk about before we get into quickfire comments. Do you? Is there anything else particularly you want to talk about? I don't know. Do we want to talk about like the episodes specifically? Go through each episode and sort of the stories in there, or I mean, I mean, we might as well. Okay, sure. So I mean, there's just one thing that I wanted to touch on, and we we just spoke about Beth and. Rick's relationship not being particularly healthy. Yeah. I want to dive a little bit more into just Beth. Sure. Okay. And the fact that she, because I read this great little bit of text from, because Harmon and Royland did an AMA. Okay, cool. And when asked about Beth, uh, I, I'm not sure if it was Harmon or Royland. Um, I don't know who was typing at that point, but they wrote in regards to Beth, it seems like she'd rather her son risk his life with her insane father than end up being like her husband. That's really, really fucked up. Mm. We know that kids blame themselves for their parents breaking up. That's pretty standard psychology. But from there, we have different mechanisms for coping with the blame. And one of the strategies we see people employ in the face of an absentee parent is a def- is a deification of the parent that takes less responsibility. Beth thinks her dad is better than her mother because her dad had the brain and guts to leave her. That's really, really fucked up. And I was just like, oh my fucking God. Because when like one of my notes was, Beth is willing to sacrifice her son, her learning disabled son um, and his childhood in order to be loved by the man that sacrificed her childhood. Yeah. I was like, oh. Like the... The deep familial dysfunction in mm-hmm. this show is endlessly fascinating to me. I kind of love, like, that's the juicy stuff I love. Oh, totally. And yeah. yeah, and it's it's why it's great that the show remembers to. I almost put in my, like, comparing it to other things. I almost put in, like, The Simpsons. But I ended mm. up with different Futurama. But The Simpsons is a part of it because the family dynamic is so fundamental. Mm. And we can have Rick and Morty off on some crazy adventure and have a side story with Beth and Jerry that's far more grounded, yeah. but equally as satisfying, I would mm. think. They are very funny characters and they there is a lot to explore there. It helps infuse the heart in the story if or if, you know, Rick and Morty, perhaps for that episode, are doing something on a grander scale yeah. to then be able to cut back to Jerry and Beth or just the family's whole with Summer in there. Yep. To do both of that, I think, really helps the show and the story overall. Yeah. Yep. yeah. 
Mm. But I remember like being younger and watching The Simpsons and really identifying with Lisa. <laughs> I was oh. like, like you could see your own family in that. Totally. Which is not really what's happening now. And I well, think I that's that's the thing. I, I'm got that point now where like it's very easy to share on The Simpsons. I honestly haven't watched in years. So maybe they are going back to that. Who maybe, knows? Yeah. But certainly when I stopped watching the show is when it started being more about pop Homer. Uh, well, pop culture to a degree. Mm. And that was a response to Family Guy, I think, more than anything. Yes, but but there were lots of cameos, unfortunately. So it was about just because that became popular because everyone wanted to be on The Simpsons. Yeah. So there was lots I think of I dropped off when Tony Hawk was on it. And I think <laughs> Bart was living by himself. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And there was it just the scenarios got more absurd and the jokes got more. I don't know, jokey. I know it's a really weird thing to say. They just sort of got a little bit more, they got less complex or interesting and a lot mm. less satirical, more importantly. Yes. They became less satirical. And when the show was at its best, The Simpsons, it was A, satirical and B, had a massive glob of heart. And my favourite episodes of The Simpsons are often ones that end with like Homer and Lisa having a talk because he's been a shit dad. Yeah. And like the vegetarian episode is got like those hilarious <laughs> bits with like the pig flying through the yeah. air. It's like, it's just a little airborne. It's still good. It's still good. And like, you don't I make don't friends with salad. And yeah, yeah, so many elements there, yeah. right? Mm. But... The best part of the episode is at the end when mm. Homer comes and find Lisa, finds Lisa with Quickie Mart and then like puts gives her a piggyback. Mm. And yeah. it mattered that that's what... They were a family. They that's were a why family. We and it yeah. anchored it's, it's, everything. Yeah, it's unfortunate that... And it lost that somewhere The Simpsons way. has become the guy being hit with the football in the balls as opposed to laughing at the guy laughing at... Yes. The thing, like yes. the guy being yes. in the balls. Yes, there yeah. was that episode. These, uh, there is that exact scenario has happened in the show <laughs> of like them the the short film festival. Yeah, that's what I mean. Man. He's laughing at that short film, and he, and it wins. Yes, and that's the joke. That's Whereas the joke. now it's actually they become are, that short film. They have film. become that. Yeah. They are they are a joke now. Yeah, unfortunately for them, mm. the show is a joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's perfect analogy. Mm, well you. done, you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, identifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is very interesting stuff with Beth as well. Mm, yeah. I just like, that's for like, yeah, this sci-fi show, I want uh, more seasons to come out because I want to see where this family goes. Oh, of course. I'm so interested in that. Yeah. I'm, well, interesting to talk about season three because they mm. change things up a little bit in season three mm. in terms of the family dynamic, which is interesting too. Which is also, sorry to go back to the family stuff, which is also why it is so devastating when, as you grow with these characters, and then you remember, like at moments you'll just remember or you'll be reminded Th- that the, the family that we first met are, you know, off in Cronenberg land, mm-hmm. which is fucking horrifying. It's, yeah, incredible. We got to return to them in season three. Sh- shut up. I know, but it's so interesting. <laughs> it's just so fascinating. We'll talk about that then. Yeah. So I didn't, I'm going to be upfront. I don't really have quick fire comments. Oh, really? I, I don't have, a, I don't have I've got a couple, yeah. Okay, cool. I don't really have any, and it might be because I'm watching the show for the first time, and I nothing stands out to me to surprise me necessarily. Yeah, I find that as well when we rewatch something. Sure. Yeah. So instead, what I've got is, because I'm not, it, it's less to ruminate on. I'm just absorbing it again and sort of remembering mm. my feelings for it. So instead, what I wrote down was a list of favorite moments, and I've got one for each episode. Okay. So maybe from that, we can springboard into what sort of each episode. If we've got more comments about the episode mm-hmm. and what was going on there, we can talk about it. I've just got a question before we do that. Sure. If God existed, mm-hmm. do you think he'd be a Rick? Would just he with, be like, a Rick? Just with like the infinite possibilities, bored by the limitlessness of 
his own existence or her own existence, whatever. Genderless uh, existence. I mean, if we really want to get into that thing, I think it's very hard to try and understand what any god would be. I hope God is a wreck. Try and <laughs> explain a lot. Um, yeah, word. Try and put any... Yeah, I'm not a religious How person. How could you not be bored because he's not like human. That's a human emotion, mm. boredom. I don't know what gods feel. I'm not a god. He's above our understanding to try and predict that. But for this theory of it, if God was a person, yeah, he'd probably be a Rick. Yeah. He'd have to be mad enough to. What if God Mad enough to make people as flawed as we are and then just let them go about their <laughs> shit the way they have. This will be fun. This is definitely going to end well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's definitely some sort of un. You have dominion scientist. over the animals. Let's see how you treat them. Oh my God, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, but just lets it go. Yeah. Just lets us destroy ourselves mm-hmm. and just does not intervene. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a rip. Uh-oh, someone split the first atom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So first episode, uh, pilot, it's simply called. Um, the I've already talked about this. The sneeze life form that has has a full cycle, full life cycle, running in five seconds. <laughs> so funny. So it's funny. Such a good joke. Yeah. Uh, was there anything else about the episode that stood out? What a what? Uh, oh, let, let me hold on. I'll get to my notes. Oh, good. We can yeah. just go through your notes a little bit yeah, as yeah. we do this. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As was there anything else there? Oh yeah. Um, when the school bully comes up to Morty, yeah, and he says morning, he's like, "What does morning mean? You saying my family is poor?" Which I just loved because every bully in like those eighties films, yeah. always has some weird complex about being poor. Yeah, yeah which I loved. Yeah, <laughs> that that was interesting. Just like the whole uh, summer side story, and that is just that her dealing with her crush dying. Frozen to death. It's, but it also like sets the stakes really early, in which Rick pretty much kills, kills the this person guy. and doesn't get. Some is like, oh my god, but it's it's of no consequence. Zero. Yeah, which is great. Uh, in the second episode, hiding from Scary Terry. So the bit where he's like, "You can run, but you can't hide, hide bitch. bitch." And then like, wait a second, what if we just hide? He says we can run, but we can't hide. But why should we believe what he's saying? And then Morty's just like. Oh, geez, Rick, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, it's like, geez. Oh, why would we believe him? He wouldn't tell us if we could actually do something or not do something. I was like, yeah, I'm really glad we're on the same page, Morty, <laughs> once. And I try hiding. It's like, I don't think this is working. And then he's like, he's tiring out. Oh, I love that. It's mm-hmm. so funny. And then him going home to his home life and like <laughs> the wife's on his not back. Not in here. Not yeah. in here, yeah. Out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the like the Inception thing is funny to me, mainly because I've heard several times on Harmontown how much Dan Harmon hates that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that was deliberate. Like, can we just give a big fuck you to this movie? Yeah. Um, and what was the other... Oh, no, that's the, the lawnmower dog bit. Mm. Snuffles was my slave name. <laughs> you can call me Snowball. Snowball. <laughs> Where are my testicles, Summer? Where are my testicles, Summer? Yes. Where so are good. they? <laughs> great. Very funny. Uh, Wait, actually, let's go one of my favorite lines. Yeah. Which is, it always makes me laugh when someone repeats something in sincerity. Yeah. We are not them. We, we are, are not them. them. <laughs> it always makes me laugh. Uh, in the Jurassic Anatomy Park episode, I don't have the titles, I'm sorry. I'm just going off Anatomy the Anatomy Park, yeah. Oh, it is good. Um, 
there is a lot in that one. There's the bit where uh, John Oliver's character is like mm. talking about it's like, oh, we can't. There's no autopilot for these things. One of us gonna have to stay behind. And Morty and the other girl are just sort of like mm. looking at him. He's like, yeah, that's right. It was probably shitting me for yeah. asking. This is all my fault. You guys go. And then it's like, the oh wait, there is autopilot. It's like, don't worry. This is what I wanted. I wanted to sacrifice myself. And then as they're about to exit, and hepatitis A shows up, mm. and then the bigger hepatitis C shows yeah. up to eat it, and then gives good, the thumbs good up. Guys, so yeah. I think they're just. They're just good guys. <laughs> Fuck, that's funny. Or the bit with the uh, when the the guy they're in has been blown up, and they're like talking about the the nose on the east coast and the oh, yeah. toes on the west coast, and, and then the guy the in the Rocky Jacks Mountains like, <gasps> and the shadow <laughs> just starts to appear. It's so dumb. Very, very, very funny. And then that what the side story in that one is about um, Jerry's parents, isn't it? Yeah. Uh- Jacob is your mother's lover. That's right. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. It's like, it's like you're about to say that he's your uh, lover. No, 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 no. She's your mother's lover. <laughs> I just like to watch. Sometimes in the room, sometimes in a chair, sometimes in the closet. Oh, nearly but always, always wearing a Superman cape. <laughs> um, the ep- next one is the, uh, what's it called? M. Night Shyamalan episode. Yeah. Which I is love go- Jerry's storyline in this episode. The whole he's- hungry for apples. <laughs> Pitch. He's in the simulation that is running at its lowest capacity. Yeah. I, and he, one, I love that his, I think it just perfectly explains Jerry, is he walks into his boss's office, who can only like, says yes, I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's perfect. Yes. And so he's like, he just completely self-sabotages. Yeah. He's like, I should be fired. You're right. I'm worthless. And then he. No, wait a second. Yeah, and then he flips and becomes. Like he has these extremes of incredibly low self-esteem, but then also has moments of feeling so superior because yeah. he's actually too dumb to realize he's an idiot. Yeah, and so I love the two extremes of Jerry, and it's just a perfect example of that. What I love about that storyline, it sort of reminds me of the stuff with Dougie in um, Twin Peaks, where like with very minimal input, <laughs> yeah. they are like he's he just able stares to. At people. He's at, well, mm. everyone else is basically staring back at him. So they're doing the Dougie right. They just yeah. have that one response, my man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he reads into it what he wants to read into. Mm. Like he 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 gets like, and then there's a bit with he goes home to Beth, and she's like just standing there by the fire. He's like, yeah, yeah, don't move, yeah, don't mm. move. That's and he so has gross. The best sex of his life, and he's like, almost too good. I don't deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking hell. Those lines, and, of, yeah. And even just like the things of like the people like walking through tables and just like the 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 great like. Video game the glitchy glitches, stuff yeah. is so funny, but my favorite, I, my favorite joke and sort of concept in that whole episode mm-hmm. is the bit where Rick and Morty start doing the concert and they like are doing yeah. really specific things. Everybody, <laughs> everybody red, red jump up, yeah, yeah. Everybody with names starting with N. Who isn't birth- Hispanic? Yeah, <laughs> do such and such, and just the way they like overload mm. the system. Such, a f- it's just such a clever yeah. idea and so funny to see executed. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, love it, love it. Uh, feel free to please cut me off at any stage. I'm just going to keep rolling through these. Um, the Okay, so Mr. Meeseeks episode is the next one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, again, in this one too. What's What are Rick and Morty doing in this one? Um, oh, um, hold on. Because that's the Meeseeks oh, stuff. Oh, that's when he, Morty goes on his adventure. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so there's... There's some things. There's some pretty fucked up things in there too. Actually, the bit where the jelly bean man starts mm. to rape him is really hard to watch. Actually, I yeah. really don't like that. But I love the tail bit where they're like they find the photos and they're like, no, burn them. It's like <laughs> the Batman thing. Yeah. yeah, it's like the yeah, it's like the 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 idea of what he was will mean more than 
destroying it or whatever. Yeah. Um, then you've just got the bit where the, the ogre comes out, fee, five, four, and like kills himself on the table. My favorite bit of that is during the court scene yeah. and the lawyer's like, these men are free fight to foe home. Yeah. <laughs> just, I laugh for about five minutes about that. Really explains it too. It's like, yeah. it's that thing we always yeah. say. I'm, I'm very of it. These uh, men are free fight to foe home. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> um, but then the Meesick stuff, there's just the, the very obvious joke of like, Jerry just wants two, two uh, strokes of his golf game. Mm-hmm. What Was it? Uh, someone wants to be more popular. Beth wants to feel like a more complete woman. More or complete something. woman. Yeah. Those things are solved inside <laughs> one scene each. <laughs> um, the Jerry's one's the hard one, but the best bit for me of that whole bit is at the end when he's finally like improved his stroke, and it's like, wait a minute, I'm the kind of a stickler me six. What about your <laughs> short game? And makes him putt as well. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I just love the woman in that scene who's just like, what is going on? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. So, the next one is the... Rick Potion number nine. um, Which, funny on a number of levels, the rap that Dan Harmon's doing in the background for the flu awareness rap is quite good. Um, Jerry becoming sort of like finding his manhood and becoming a hero in that world where he's got to beat down Cronenberg mm. monsters is quite funny. Yeah. Um, everyone, what's the the principal vagina and the te- the math teacher are like we're insecure enough to agree to a threesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is quite funny. And then I, I just I think the ending bit where they have to bury themselves and the music that plays and like just the abstract horror of that. Next level. And then walking, Morty walking back into the house and- And like staring at his parents. And they're and like fighting and like <sighs> they just sit down and start watching TV and the episode ends. So funny. But then also the bit at the end where Cronenberg, Cronenberg Morty and Cronenberg Rick show <laughs> up in Cronenberg, Cronenberg world. world. <laughs> and we're like, we'll fit in perfectly here. Yeah. So Don't you worry about it, Cronenberg Morty. <laughs> uh, the next one is the Gazorpasaur, raising Gazorpasaur, mm-hmm. yep. um, which I was actually had a bit of a hard time finding a particular favorite episode of that, but I did like the little idea, the moment where they talk about what happens to the male Gazorpasaurs when they're born, and they're like, they talk about all the things the girls do, they and get the, they, get, they get to play outside, <laughs> they slingshot it into the distance. It's very funny. Did you have I any particular love- favorite moments of that? Um, I mean, I really liked, there was a great Footloose moment um, with Morty Jr. Um, <laughs> trying to rebel. Um, but I really enjoyed, the, I mean, I think Summer and Morty are a great combo. Yeah, and Summer, just, Summer and Morty, Summer and Rick. Oh, s- sorry, Summer and Rick. I love Summer and yeah, Rick. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic dynamic, which we'll thankfully get to see more of Lots in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it works really well. Though this episode wasn't a particular favourite of mine. Um, but it falls back on some really obvious yeah, tropey jokes. And I does. kept thinking about like the bit where they're like, I'm here if you want everyone to talk or if I'm here if you want to talk and stuff like that. And yeah. there's some funny little things in there, particularly yeah. Rick's, the way he just... When I love the really um, elaborate execution they're going to do. And then she's like... And then she's like, no, you're right. It was just going to yeah. fall on you. But I didn't want to say that because... I didn't want to admit it, all right? I didn't yeah. want to admit it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. Uh, but no, just when they first arrive at the planet and Rick says to Summer, now I have to overthrow a whole planet because of your stupid boobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a great line. Yeah. Um, then we have the... Rick's minutes. Rick's minutes, which 
I mean, where do you start in terms of what's funny about that episode? You've got... The two brothers. Yeah. Two, it's just it's just two brothers. Yeah. Just two brothers. I think one of my favourite lines from that, though, is when um, Top Hat Jones, like the kind of leprechaun lucky charm yeah. guy, he's being, like, eaten alive by some kids. And just as we, like, pan out, I, you just hear him say, I see demons. I see demons. I see demons. <laughs> yeah. Which is just... <laughs> Like that is how every child, like children's serial commercial, should end. Because <laughs> it's just great. I just love the balls of this episode in general. Just be a bunch of ad libbing. They just ad lib I mean, the shit out of it. Not only that, but it's got one of the best moments I think in the series, which is when Summer realizes that her parents' life, yeah, would. Sorry, what is that sign? No, it's it's, it's, this, it's sorry, Rob was doing a hand signal. I'm like, what does that mean? No, I just find I think yeah, what you're talking about. Finish yeah. your thought. So yeah, Summer's about to leave, and then Morty stops her and he points to his grave in the back. <laughs> a very obvious grave, by the way. They didn't really cover that well. Um, and she's like, and Morty says to her, "I'm like, I'm better than your brother. I'm a version of your brother. You can trust when he says, don't run. Nobody exists on purpose. Nobody, nobody belongs anywhere. Everybody's gonna die. Come, Come watch, watch TV." TV. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" It's so good, absolutely. But then, so that's the that's the sort of duality of this this episode mm. is you've got the just balls off the wall. They're just completely Bit riffing, yep. having fun, playing Pure with the idea comedy. of yeah. this could be anything. Let's just mm-hmm. watch a bunch of interdimensional Infinite TV. TV. Is a dream come true. Hilarious. Yeah, uh, yeah. imagine this show with that. <laughs> um, and then you've also got the stuff that's happening, the very scripted stuff with Beth and Jerry and Summer, and that is really great. Like, I really love that moment and just that, just contemplating what their other, seeing into their other lives, mm-hmm. what that would look like and seeing their alternate versions hang ups. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think with this show, it brings like everyday issues are brought to the forefront through sci-fi conventions. Yes, yes. So, Which uh, is what sci-fi is meant to do, yeah, though. Absolutely. So we, we see this couple that clearly has a whole lot of resentment, yeah. a whole lot of insecurity. And so with that, and I just think in relationships, you know, whether they're this toxic or not, there's always a part of you that's like, well, what if I took another path? Definitely. And to explore that and to like – Really see, and I love that. Just because the alternate versions of them came together, doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right choice for them. It's just that even apart, they are inherently flawed people. Well, it's again though. It's the whole thing that no matter what your situation is, you're always going to consider. Well, would the grass have been green Mm. on the other side? And even just that, Mm -hmm. and just saying, I mean, yeah, the there is no escaping that question of Mm. what if. Yeah, because we we look at Beth's. You know, alternate version, and she's alone, and she's, you know, just got a bunch of birds or whatever. And like, even the version that we know of Beth, I mean, she she finds it very hard to be vulnerable with people, mm-hmm. and so it's the same in the alternate reality. We see Jerry is so insecure and and just wants to be liked by everyone. So of course he would do drugs and crazy things with celebrities if they said like we're friends, Jerry. Yeah. So it's really they're doing. You're my best same- friend, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> You're my best friend. <laughs> they're yeah. making like the same. Like similar choices based on those the same flaws. Yeah, exactly. But yet, but yet they, oh yeah, totally character consistent. Yeah, but they get the message that it means that they're meant to be together. Yeah, if, whether that's the case or not. Yeah, totally. Um, going back to the TV stuff, we've got I love Gazorpas Opfield. You pasty <laughs> white 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 guilt. Guilt. 
Jeez, Garfield, you really you you're <laughs> mean to me, but you really me... um there's Is there enchiladas he wants? I think so, yeah. yeah then there's I love the conversation between Rick and Morty as well about like just they're talking about Oh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray, yeah. Just the, yeah, just those dumb conversations. That if you think about it, are Justin Roiland having a conversation with himself? Because he is playing both those characters. That's amazing. I love it. I always love that in Futurama too, which is always much more scripted, obviously. But you, uh, Billy West is the voice of Fry and Zoidberg and Professor Farnsworth. And it's like, so when those characters are all talking, it's just like the same fucking person (laughs) doing all the voices. Then you've got the uh, Detective Baby Legs and the sound he makes when he's running. (laughs) I can't do it. And I just love like the... He's like side to side. He's like falling over. It's so cute. Um, and there was one more. Oh, yeah. Realfakedoors.com. <laughs> Real Answer doors. My Eyes Johnson. Answer My Eyes Johnson. I can't feel anything. <laughs> I can't see anything. I don't know what we've got here. Uh, I don't know if I'm do. sitting or standing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that man. There's just so many funny things in that episode. Um, then we've got the the Devil's Idol. What's that one called? Something Ricked This Way Comes. Right, which is the one where... Uh, Summers in the Devil is the yeah. What's Rick? What's uh, Morty doing that episode? I've forgotten. It's a great question. Yeah, I can't remember. But Rick's you know having a fight with the devil basically over his. Oh, Pluto. That's right. Oh right, yeah, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jerry's King Flippy Nips. You can. That's the thing about science, Morty. You can disagree. <laughs> Pluto is a planet. Um, yeah, King Flippy Nips. Uh, and the the bit I I really like the end bit where I just the. Like, there's a bit where Rick and Summer are sitting on the couch, and they're like, what are we meant to learn from this? And it's like, oh, I don't think there's anything to yeah, learn from this. Yeah, don't worry about it. But I've got another plan, though. All right, let's do it. And they just get super buff <laughs> and then beat the shit out of the devil. <laughs> and then the end is the, uh, them to ex go and give it to you and just beating up Nazis and Westboro and, like... Uh, it's awesome. It's very funny. Um, the... <laughs> so, the next one. Close Rick Counters of the Rick Counters. Right. Again, lots to explore. There's so many interesting concepts, a lot of lore, a really epic storyline going on. My favorite gag in the whole thing is when they keep traveling through dimensions with the two people ordering a pizza. And like... <laughs> And when the wheelchair on half, (laughs) (laughs) and payphone on half, that always made me laugh at the end of rotary and payphone on on half. half. (laughs) Always makes me laugh. Cell phone, no, 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 rotary and payphone on half. (laughs) And then they they stop in that world for a while, and they're like, "I want the uh, the cheese phone sticks, please, or whatever it is," and just like (laughs) they're sitting on people and like, "Oh fuck, it's so So funny." So oh, ridiculous. Yeah, it's great. I love that joke. And that's people like, don't have. That's also like explore. Like they explore concepts to the nth degree. But they yes. also this is a version of them exploring a joke to the nth yes. degree. Like and yes. then the next one, the next one, the next one. It's great. Mm. But they have they have complete right to explore that yeah, based on the rules they've set. Universes, exactly. of course, it makes sense. Oh man, so good. Uh, and then the final episode is the one with the party. And mm-hmm. Rick invites a bunch of people over. You've got Slow Morpheus. Slow Morpheus, yeah, bird person. Uh, the cog guy, whose name I can't remember. Um, what guy? The cogs guy. Oh, the gears guy. Uh, gearhead. 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 Mm. Talking about the gear wars. It's like, do you know anything well, about the gear wars? I don't know no. about the gear wars. <laughs> oh, this is I not have really you. about the gears. <laughs> <laughs> and Ad- Adolf-, Adolf Linkler. Abraham Link- Link- Linkla- 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 I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. But the a- a- yeah. Adolf Hitler and Abraham, Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln yeah. crossover, who is a creation of Rick's. <laughs> who just I also that he proud. also kind of acknowledges he doesn't really know why he did it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but then just the, the, the moment where he's like, I'm here to destroy you. And then 
Brad, the black character, comes over yeah. and the complete white... The football white... player, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh, it's just hilarious. But I think... Um, I, I love the Rick dance as well when he gets the crystals and says, it's the, yes. it's the, it's the Rick, Rick dance. dance. Mm. It's really funny. Uh, and then the stopping time bit at the end and they're all, ugh, hilarious. Was it Slow Mobius? Slow Mobius. Slow Mobius. Cut it out, Slow Mobius. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. Any, anything else? Do you have any quick-fire comments at least? I do actually have quick-fire comments. I don't, so you can do that. All right. Uh, Ryan Ridley wrote all of my fave apps. Lawnmower, Dog, Me, Seeks and Destroy, Close Encounters of the Rick Kind. Uh, oh, yeah, Amazing Line. We mentioned this before. Where are my testicles, Summer? Which <laughs> I love. Um, also, the conversation between Rick and Morty. Why would a Pop-Tart want to live inside a toaster, Rick? That would be like the scariest place for them to Fuck. live. It's like, that's not even the real question, Mike. <laughs> like, what about why the would f- why would his cubby tiny? tiny, tiny house? doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> it's great. Fuck, so good. Um, I also love the bit in that episode where the ambulance stops. It's like, we've got the President of the United States in here and he needs, you know, something of do- constantly dog yeah. stat. Yeah, that's great. Um... Oh, from also from that episode. And now, here's human music. <laughs> <laughs> mm, and you're like, human mm, music. Human music. I like it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On the steps of the all-women society, it says, Cis Semper Cal- sorry, Calumnium, which means constant oppression. So, there you go. <laughs> uh, in M. Night Shemalians, uh, when they're running past all the things being made and programmed for the simulation, it instantly reminded me of Westworld. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Uh Oh, yeah, and I also... Oh, yeah, sorry, where they're, yeah. like, they're seeing everything being made. Yeah, that's really funny, yeah. yeah. Do you notice there's a lot of Plutonians around in that episode, too? Oh, I didn't, actually. Yeah, there's Plutonians all through that. Yeah. Some yeah. Cool. Uh, Morty's being assaulted while the Me-Seeks are murdering each other. This is the epitome of Rick's influence on the family. It's just, it's fucked, that whole thing. Say that again. So, Morty is being assaulted yeah. while the Me-Seeks are murdering each other. Oh, right, Like, yeah. it's just, like, pure, like, hectic yeah, and... Yeah, yeah. Destructive. Uh, yeah, Rick's Minutes was the first episode I ever watched, and I see demons as Top Hat Jones is being ripped apart by children is an amazing, an amazing moment. And that's the end of my quick fire comments. Oh, done. Excellent. And quick fire comments. All righty then. Uh, let's get into it. Your favorite and least favorite episodes. Do you want to go first, Damask? Yeah, but let's start with least favorites. That way we can end with a positive. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, you go first. Least favorite episode. All right, my least favorite episode is probably Rixie Business. Yep. Why Rixie uh, Business? So that's episode 10. Um, just because the B plot with Jerry going to the Titanic recreation didn't feel particularly inspired to me. Sure. And the character of Lucy felt like it was from another show, like Family Guy or something. Yeah. Uh, the joke fell flat to me as in, look at her. She's crazy. But like... I hate fear. Yeah. <laughs> fear. But like there wasn't any nuance in that. Um, I find like the, jo- the jokes were best for me when they're highlighting the sad reality of life um and, and the party stuff was good i liked a lot of it we got to meet bird person and a bunch of other characters um but it didn't quite reach the heights of other episodes in my opinion yeah the b plot's a bit weaker mm-hmm. in that one I it agree. felt a little directionless to me. sure yeah. yeah what about you um yeah i guess it was what was it there for is there t- i think if you if you were to argue what was going on there it was they wanted to give some line a little bit of wrap up to the beth and jerry stuff Sort of show that they maybe mm. are a little bit of a team and that's okay. That Say the show didn't get a second season, right? Yeah. Which is always the thing, especially in the first season, you don't know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Is just to give them a little bit of a 
a little bit of a button to finish mm. on, I guess is what they were trying I to do. There's not yeah, enough Beth in that episode. Though, I don't that. mind the idea of that, but yeah. the execution for me was like, eh, what's this? I 100% agree. Yeah. yeah. What's yours? Uh, my least favorite episode is episode one, The Pilot. So it was completely mm. other end of the <laughs> thing um, because the show is just getting off the ground and finding itself. It doesn't quite feel as polished or like Rick and Morty in mm-hmm. every way yet, but that's because it's a pilot. That being said, it is still remarkably consistent in a lot of way- other ways with what comes before... Uh, so it comes after the pilot and introduces the show and its style extremely well. In other words, it's a great pilot, but it's a pilot and the weakest episode in the show. That's a great pilot problem to have. If mm. your pilot is your weakest episode and you only build from there, which is kind of what a point of a pilot is, it's not. It's hardly a criticism. Yeah. It's just it's the one that I look back on and go, uh, yeah, it's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. It's pretty much it. Cool. All right, so on to favourite episodes then, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just want to give a little special credit to episode two, Lawn Old Dog. Um, I just think it's a beautifully crafted episode. And it's the one, if people haven't seen Rick and Morty before, Good one to start that's with. the one I show them. Cool. And it always wins them over. So if anyone's like, oh, I don't know how to introduce the show because that first episode isn't as strong, yeah. I recommend put on Lawn Mower Dog first and see cool. if they respond to it. Uh, but my actual favourite episode is, um, oh, wait. I called Rixie Business episode 10. That's wrong. Rixie Business it's is episode, episode 11, 11 yeah. It? Sorry. Um, but yeah, so episode 10, Close Rick Counters of the Rick Kind. Um, because this episode explores the possibility of infinite dimensions in really fun ways. Uh, but they're also emotionally resonant. So, which I which um, I understand explains many episodes of Rick and Morty, obviously. But this is the episode when it does it best, I think. We meet the Council of Ricks because, of course, all the many Ricks would meet each other and come to the conclusion um, to protect each other. You know, more Ricks better than one. We also have Morty seeing his place a little clearer. He's being used by Rick, not just as an emotional crutch or punching bag or psychic, but as a literal cloaking device. Um, it's another step in Morty understanding the complexity of their relationship, the toxicity of it, but also how it can nourish them in other ways. Not that the positive side effects of their relationship could ever outweigh the damage it causes, obviously. I don't want to put that message out there. Um, Oh, and we also have Jerry connecting with Doofus Rick. Yeah. And just kind of seeing how different their household would feel if there was a source of unconditional love and support. And we experience the tragedy of Jerry losing his one support, which is that, that big bit of heart that we need. Uh, and then we also have... I the found m- my Rick. <laughs> I, found I found mine. mine. Once again, repeating sincerity is yeah. always funny. Uh, and then we have the mystery of evil Morty. Who is he and what is his true objective? Where did he come from and where will he go? Which I love. I just think it's a fantastic episode. Awesome. What about you? I'm going to give an honorable mention to episode eight, Rixty Minutes. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. uh, for it's the absurdly <laughs> funny mm. mixed with that dash of heart mm-hmm. again. I really, really like that they're... That, I, I think that moment with um, Beth and Jerry is quite touching in its mm. own little way. Yeah. I like that. But my favourite episode is also episode 10, oh, Close Recounts of the Rick Kind. Yeah. It's and great. I, I think there's an argument for a lot of ones. I think I could even argue that uh, what do you call it, Love Potion number nine, or whichever episode that's called, could be. Because yeah, right. again, it, it, it ex- for the similar reason to this one, expands the scope of the show. So when you. Mm. Move your you do something as like yeah. daring as move literally move your characters yeah. out of one reality and into another well, and I, keep them yeah. there. Well, I love that in Rick Potion number nine, which is cool. It very easily could never be mentioned again, but it's when it's mentioned in was it Ricksty minutes that's that's when the weight of that hits. Totally agree. Yeah, and then yeah, exactly right. Mm. And then so those probably because what those ones we keep mentioning are probably my three favorites yes. ultimately. Yeah. 
and they and because they share a little bit of continuity and you can mm-hmm. feel and then so Rick, close Rick counters of the Rick kind um continue to expand the scope from there again mm-hmm. expands so you've got it expands the scope of an already enormous show took the premise to its logical absurd conclusion add an undercurrent of law that adds intrigue and all mm-hmm. the things you said basically I think um it's the standout like centerpiece or tentpole episode of the show. Yes, that's and a great way to put it. Tentpole. So yep. successful and sets up the show for all sorts of things that are yet to happen, which mm-hmm. is great. Uh, I love that episode. I, <laughs> I I think that was as much as uh, Love Post Number Nine did make me go. This show is amazing. This is the show that made me go. This is fucking amazing. This is fucking amazing. <laughs> Basically, is the difference. That's when you get really Australian. You're like, this is fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah love it. Love it. Uh, score out of five, final score and ranking. I'm going to give it four and a half. Yeah. But that's just because I know where the show goes and I want room to move. I mean, I'm the same. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it four and a half. Yeah. And it is a mix of knowing, not, well, leaving myself some room. Because mm. I don't know, maybe I'll explore season two and maybe I won't think it's as good or season three. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But also I think that's, that's not a perfect. It isn't perfect. Yeah. It has a, and again, it's a, it's a first season. Like, they are not holding against it. Um, but four and a half for a first season is pretty fucking good. Fucking amazing. Mm. And the fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. The a couple of like little bits here that don't like the Titanic bit with Jerry mm. or the first episode or whatever it might be. There's just a couple of little bits that mm-hmm. aren't as sort of sharp as other bits are. Yeah. That I mean that's that's <laughs> that's the only <laughs> the thing, reason. Like, they're not as dinked. sharp, but they're not dull at all. No, which is incredible. no, that's yeah. the thing. Every there's not there is no bad episodes of this None. show. Certainly None. this season, anyway. Yeah. I'd argue there is a bad episode coming up in a, in Ooh, a later season. I'm trying to remember. There's anyway. one I don't love. There's mm-hmm. one I'm like, ah, that kind of didn't work. Yeah. But the but every episode of this season mm-hmm. works not only well enough, it works well. Some just work extremely well. Mm-hmm. I, like it could it could easily be a five. I would not if you said five. I'd be like, sure, fine, yeah, fair enough. Usually we ask, do you want to keep watching? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can't this wait. Be, like I we think... already watched the first episode of season two downstairs earlier. Yeah, I think this will be the third or fourth time I'm watching season two. <laughs> All right, I think it's only my second. Right, really? Yeah, I think okay. I've watched a couple of episodes more than once, but I haven't watched the whole yeah. thing. I've bought the Blu-ray. I bought it as soon as it came out and haven't watched it yet. If they watched season two ages ago. So, then I rewatched it recently. Oh, okay. And then my girlfriend was watching it for the first time, so I watched it with her. And now I'm rewatching it again. I so. rewatched a couple of episodes of season one this week because my brother was watching season one with a friend of his as well. Mm. And I would end up just sitting down and watching it. Yeah, because it's so good. Why would how could why would you not watch it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got. We can't do predictions, can't do hopes, concerns. Because yeah, we know. I just look forward to talking about season two oh, next week. I'm so psyched. In the meantime, if you would like to contact us, you can do, do so by going to Facebook and looking for Hunting Seasons. You can find us on Twitter at Hunting S Cast. You can email us at huntingseasonspodcast at gmail.com. I'm thinking we need to get a website sooner or later so we yeah. can get a better email as well. I think so. We'll work on that. Uh, on Twitter, you can find myself, Broderick Gordis, at B Gordis, B G O R D E S Damask. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Maskymoo, M A S K Y M O O. 
Uh, thank you to Sean Kirkpatrick for our wonderful Hunting Seasons logo and graphics. You can find his work at seankirkpatrickdesigns.portfoliobox.net. I should talk to Sean about getting a website too. Get something a little more straightforward, Sean. Yeah. Seankirkpatrick.com, please. Uh, also, thank you to Jordan Calavis for our Hunting Seasons theme song. You can find his work at soundcloud.com slash slash classic J Rex. That's classic J-R-E-X. If you enjoyed the podcast, please, please, please consider liking us or giving us a review on iTunes. Throw some stars our way. It helps a lot to get us noticed by other people. Uh, next week, oh, also should mention that we are part of the Earbuds Podcasting Network. That's we a sure? Melbourne-based earpo- uh, podcast network. You can find their work by searching for Earspace Buds uh, Productions, is it, or Podcast Network? Maybe it, Podcast Network. I think it might be Earbuds Network, sorry. Oh, Earspace right. Buds. Anyway, look for that on Facebook. <laughs> Uh, we will be back next week to talk about Rick and Morty season two. Thank you very much for listening. See you guys later. Bye. Wubba dub dub dub. Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.